Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special episode to bring to all of our listeners and also watchers. Go ahead and look in the show descriptions for a link to the video version of this podcast. Uh, today, we are doing a podcast about the shape of water, and our guests are part of the deaf community. And so we are going to discuss what the shape of water did and how it represented the signing community and whether or not it did a great job, a lacking job, or uh, how the deaf community sees films differently from those of us who can actually hear and see. And we want to examine the the variations of the film experience for them and for us. So today, I want to go ahead and introduce uh, our guests. We have Jordan. Yes, hello. And Dylan. Hello. And they will be voiced by our interpreter. Uh, so I want to go ahead and jump into a few of the experiences that you had with regards to The Shape of Water, and later we will talk about uh, The Silent Child, if either of you saw that film as well. Um, first, The Shape of Water. It won for Best Picture, Best Director, many other things as well. How did you see this film differently than someone who might be able to hear and see? So a lot of times we think about a film holistically because we hear and see it, but I want to understand maybe a little bit more about how you see a film when you don't have the audio to go along with it. So Jordan, how did you see this film? And did it look good to you? Did it help tell a story visually? Well, that is interesting because as a professor of deaf studies, I think about that all the time. And so for me, the visual part of the movie was acceptable. I think it, they had some nice acting, some cool effects that were going on, but that doesn't help the story. That doesn't carry the story. That doesn't do anything to make the message clear or positive. So what I was thinking, like the people who have a deaf experience, for deaf people, um, it's not that great. I am surprised that movie won anything at all from my perspective. It really failed to represent deaf community or deaf people in any positive way. The woman was not using ASL, the actress. She was using some gestures. I don't, from our language, she wasn't really using a sign from our language. And it was really embarrassing, I would say. It was like she was speaking deaf French for the entire movie for several hours, and it won an award for that. Is there a difference between a representation of a mute speaking ASL and someone who is deaf speaking ASL? That is a common misconception because deaf people are not mute. And mute is a different, muteness is a different disability. They are not able to vocalize appropriately. They cannot speak appropriately. So we're not the same at all. So the film represented uh, a lead actress who is playing a mute character 
Do you think that the film did an okay job of that, even though they were technically supposed to be using ASL, or at least a sign language of a type? No, I do not. Because muteness and deafness are different, I suppose in theory, there could be a deaf person who is also mute, but um, that part, no. The only problem is mute people don't use sign language. They don't use ASL. They have other assistive devices that they can use that they are function with completely well, and they don't need to have ASL. So, you know, deafness, we have a culture and identity, and it's not the same for mute people because they only have, they don't have that culture and identity and language. So I'm not sure where the director got the idea to go forward with this because it does not represent anything that is common um, in the community. It's not accurate. I think it was a very poor job. It was very poorly done. And it was obviously that they, obviously they did not understand disability, did not do their research on what is going on with that. Oh, they're like, oh, deaf and mute are the same kind of people, and so we can use this. And as a common misconception, but it is a misconception. Um, and so picking that as a character was not a, a good choice. Okay, I want to talk to Dylan briefly, because you have a background in video production, and I want to know what you thought about the aesthetic look of this film and how you would say that you experienced the film uh, without the soundtrack, which won an award, uh, and without the dialogue, which represents the script in many ways. Uh, so how did you think the film was overall, and then how did you think it, it looked specifically? Well, that is a good question. Because the movie won for best music, but it was talking about sign language. Because, so it won an award for the music, and I thought that was just very interesting. It seemed like it was painting a picture that was not complete. It was not a complete picture. It was not a complete representation. Um, because it did not include anything from the deaf community. But that movie did seem well done, but it didn't represent the deaf community as a whole. How could the... Sorry. So, Jordan, this is Jordan, I'd like to add something. Mm -hmm. If you were talking only about the looks, then I would say, yes, the aesthetics were good. I would applaud them for that. It was really pretty, but there were so many misconceptions there. Okay. And I did want to add something. Because not all deaf people are completely don't hear anything as well. So some people use a cochlear implant or a hearing mm. aid. I'm not the right person to ask about that, but I'm sure that some of them have some idea of what the music um, ha had so it would help them with the music. Um, some people can't, deaf people can really appreciate music. Oh yes, that's true as well. 
And for me, when I'm listening to This Is Dylan, when I feel the music, then I feel the vibrations. And so I might be able to go on a walk with music or, you know, I like rap music. You just only listen to the vibrations. Well, I do have my cochlear implant. And so when I watch the movie, I understand that that movie... that it happened, the movie was occurring in the 1960s um, and it was occurring during the Cold War. And so a lot of the music uh, was from there. And so a lot of the deaf people liked the music, but a lot of deaf people overlooked that music. They just watched the music, uh, the movie all the way through. The movie, the music might help you identify might help you in other communities and not with the deaf community. If the director and producers were to make the film differently uh, to cater to the audience of a deaf community or the, the mutes who are, are watching the film uh, then how could they have made it differently to be better understood or better experienced by those who would not be able to hear it, if the question makes sense. I, we were about to discuss that before we started the interview. Of I don't remember seeing a movie that really represents how deaf people sign so I was talking about the West Wing, and they did a great job with acting with Marley Matlin. Um, she was on there for several episodes, and it captured everything. It would capture her. They would film her from different angles, and they would show her and the interpreter as they were signing. And so that really, and they would represent the culture, and they did a really good job of that. I think The Shape of Water could take some advice from how the West Wing did it <laughs> to really um, bring up their production quality because the message of the shape of water was honestly very offensive. It was very offensive. And the reason why I say that is because if you, do you remember the movie Children of a Lesser God? I do not, no. Well, I really highly recommend that you watch that. It, it started as a play on Broadway, and um, the movie was only so-so, but Marley Matlin won an Oscar for that back in the 1980s 1990s, or something like that. Yeah. So in the movie, it is about a deaf woman, and it is played by a deaf actress, and she is a janitor at a deaf institute, and she falls in love with a hearing speech therapist, or the speech therapist falls in love with her, however it happens. Um, and so for me, The Shape of Water had about the same exact story, except the monster and the speech therapist are the same. That deaf woman was just an object of desire. It was very similar. Hmm. And The Shape of Water, the monster was a freak. So it was about marrying a disability with a freak and mixing those two up. So that's the idea of disability, someone with a disability being a freak. That's a member of that same group, and so they're excluded for the same reasons. 
Hmm. The only people worthy of love, the only person with a disability who is worthy of love is someone who is a freak. Children of lesser God, the only person who can love that woman who has a disability is her oppressor. And so it is just so clear in that. I mean, that's just so clear to me. Dylan says, I just want to add that movie just has a misconception that the mute community and the deaf community, you know, they don't know that they have a different lifestyle. The mute people have their own style, their own way of doing things, and that's completely separate from how deaf people do things. Because we don't have support, the same supportive equipment or the same ways that we can do things as they do. We can live um, among the hearing world and we can live equally to them, but we just live differently from them. We have a different lifestyle. Um, I really want to talk to Jordan a little bit more about how he thought they were saying, the film was saying that the only uh, people that can follow, they, they were equating uh, the monster's love and the mute's love uh, as like the, the, a freak and a, essentially another freak and that they belong to each other uh, for, for, that, for that reason. Um, I thought the film was basically saying that uh, every group of people who feel alienated do deserve love and instead of putting a um a negative kind of uh feeling i don't know uh, a, a negative message with that they were trying to say no that's okay we we support people who are different finding that love and they they deserve it does that make sense I suppose that would make sense to people who are able-bodied. Hmm. Oh, it's love. That's the message. It's romance. Oh, the, it's the idea of love and all that. Huh. But the people who are able-bodied do not experience the world in the same way. It's like, oh, those other people. Oh, good for them. That story is for other people. It does not affect me. Does that make sense? Yeah. How you can see it from that perspective. People who live with a disability every day are going to see that completely differently. Hmm. Okay. So do you have a few minutes that I can talk to you about The Silent Child, the different Academy Award nominated and winning oh, sure. film? Of course. Uh, so this film was about uh, another deaf person or a person who uses sign. Um, and in this scenario, it was a little girl. And I want to talk a little bit about how that short film portrayed people who sign differently than The Shape of Water. What did The Silent Child do correctly? Oh, for one thing, <laughs> it used a real language. It used British Sign Language. And I want to add, I don't want hearing people to misunderstand because sign language is not universal. It's not used all around the world. We use our American Sign Language here in America. They use BSL there, British Sign Language there in Britain. And all the different countries and areas have their own sign languages, just like we don't speak the same languages. And I really applaud them for using B 
BSL, an authentic language. And they had a real, actual deaf child who identifies as a deaf person. I don't think the story was amazing. It's just a section of life. It's a slice of life. And it involved a good discussion. It was just a, a snapshot of what it looks like for deaf people. I mean, we have the same, same kind of life. We, you know, the same boring childhood. So um, that the only criticism I had for it was that one the the actress the lead actress from the movie, Rachel I believe her name was mm -hmm. Rachel S something or other. She was the lead role in the movie and she was a hearing woman. She should have had much more fluency with sign. She did not have fluency at all. She was a very awkward signer. So as I watched that, I noticed that. People who are fluent do struggle watching those those kind of signers. So that is the only criticism that I had of the movie. And Dylan, this is Dylan, I wanted to add that that movie, The Silent Child, I think they were correct in portraying the rejection of a deaf child and the oppression of a deaf child. The Shape of Water did not portray that so the silent child just had it there and it showed that full picture and this is Jordan and I just wanted to add I don't know if it did the best it could but it did well at thinking about the different perspectives and capturing the conversation and the turn-taking with spoken English you can You can have a conversation off screen in spoken English. You can talk, somebody can be talking from off screen and you can take turns that way. And, but with a sign language, you can't. You have to take turns. You have to be able to see each other and the camera has to go back and forth between the two people. So they did that fairly well. Not as well as the West Wing did it, but fairly well. <laughs> and so the shape of water, oh no, oh no. I was I had been thinking about that and I'm not sure at all. This is Dylan and I feel that the shape of water didn't do enough research. And if it was up to me, I would have given them another opportunity to make that movie over again <laughs> and do some more research. Oh, Jordan, this you're a lot nicer than me. I would throw it away. No. So I actually really would love to talk to Dylan and ask him what uh, what a film made by someone who is deaf, how that would look different than a normal Hollywood production that we see winning Oscars and things like that, trying to portray a community they don't understand. How would a film made by someone who is deaf be different, look different? So I'm thinking about that question. I'm working on that now because that is my goal. I do want to become a director and I want to become a writer as well. And I want to direct what I write. But as to how to do it differently from a hearing director of a movie, I'm working on that as to how to make 
my own difference and how to show my picture differently. So I think, feel like I'm still in the process of working on that. And this is Jordan. I teach ASL, uh, ASL Lit to students here. And if you have time later, look for Ian. Sanborn, and he does a fabulous job with what it looks like to have sound represented in a movie visually. It's short, and you just see all the emotion in it. It is really amazing. It is hard to explain in, in sound because it's visual, but people don't understand. You have to understand ASL. You have to understand sign language. You have to understand it to see the story. As a visual person, I think the movie, I can't think of the word I want to say, but like Moulin Rouge. Mm -hmm. Oh, the colors. The colors are just fabulous in there. The story's not so great, but the <laughs> colors are so impressive there. So between Ian and that movie, somewhere uh, a mix of those kind of things hmm. would have to be put together. A lot of people didn't like the movie um, Mad Max Fury Road because they thought there wasn't enough talking um, and that there were just too many long instances of only visuals that characters were not well developed. Did, did either of you see the film and did you like it? This is Jordan. Yes, I did see it. Oh, it's an old movie. You wouldn't have seen it, Dylan. I did not have a problem with it. There was a movie that I... Also a movie I remember... Oh, what movie was that? 15 Seconds of Silence? It was a movie about, like, space or something. It was a space or a crash or something. And they did have 15 Seconds of Silence where you just focused on the emergency and focused on the movie and you focused on the crash and what was happening and the danger that was in that scene. One of my hearing friends told me, oh, that was an awful movie. They cut off the sound for 15 seconds. It was just so terrible. And I was like, that's because they wanted you to pay attention and look and see what was going on. And they said, oh, no, that was a bad movie. And we went back and forth about that. Hmm. And so I did some research. And the director actually intentionally cut out the sound for 15 seconds so that you could pay attention more. But hearing people, people could, could hear really did not like that at all. There was actually uh, a in the new the newest Star Wars episode eight. There was a moment of I believe eight seconds. Yes, oh, was yes, okay. I think it was that one. There was eight seconds of silence. Okay, yes, it was that. I didn't watch it myself. Okay, I just remember having that discussion with my friend about it. Some theaters had to put up signs to warn people that there wasn't a problem with their audio. That there was actually a director's choice to remove audio from that. Uh, because people were upset and complaining about it, which is silly for eight seconds. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, people love to hear their sound. <laughs> and we don't. So are there any closing thoughts about The Ship of Water or The Silent Child or anything else with regards to filmmaking and how it represents people who don't hear or have to sign? 
Jordan says, my answer is it's a really hot topic um, that people who can hear are put into those roles of signers. And I think that we are starting to have more recognition of that because actors are starting to include have an inclusive writers, hmm. inclusivity writers. So people are looking at that and they're trying to be more diverse and include people and I really applaud that. But hearing people cannot act as deaf people. Hmm. I get that you're supposed to be an actor and you're supposed to act, but the experience of a disability is beyond anything that people can imagine or predict or have the life experience being able to be deaf or be in a wheelchair or have CP or it's not something that you can actually think about and then become. It's not. And Hollywood needs to change that to make it equivalent of a white person using a black face and using black paint. It's the same thing. It is very offensive. And Dylan says, to assign a hearing actor to portray a deaf person and try to pick up ASL, it's just not the same as assigning a deaf actor to be a deaf person because they have that experience already. And that's an important experience. They've had the life challenges. They've had the experiences growing up. And someone who grew up able to hear, they don't have the same experiences. They don't have the same challenges as a deaf person. And the deaf person can express that in a movie more appropriately. Hmm. That's my perspective. And Jordan says, those who do the Oscars, I mean, I think they should tell them to give the award back. <laughs> Well, I appreciate both your opinions and coming on uh, the podcast and being able to do a, a special with, with video and audio. Um, and I hope that people who are in the deaf community are able to uh, start seeing more representation in film. Uh, because it is a visual medium of telling stories, it should be something that uh, is more common than it is. So I'm excited to... Uh, hope for a difference in the future with regards to the representation from Hollywood and the indie film culture, which hopefully uh, maybe we'll see some of your work, Dylan. Jordan says, I appreciate you taking the time to think about a different perspective. I really appreciate that. And Dylan says, thank you as well. I really appreciate it as well. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye.